This episode of Rule Breaker Investing is sponsored by Audible. For a free audiobook with a 30-day free trial, go to audible.com slash fool. Thanks to Audible for supporting The Motley Fool. It's the Rule Breaker Investing Podcast with Motley Fool co-founder David Gardner. Welcome back to Rule Breaker Investing. A delight to have you with me as we begin February of 2017. We're going to spend some time this week looking back at February 2016. A year ago this week, I picked five stocks. I want to reflect on those stock picks and think back to where we were with the market back then and uh, what's happened since. That's going to be a lot of fun. And part of the reason it's going to be fun to foreshadow is that these stock picks did pretty well. So we're going to learn a little bit about what's happened. I did listen to last year's podcast, and uh, I, I would highly recommend it, by the way, if you are learning investing or you're motivated to do so. I would highly recommend listening to last year's Five Stocks to Feed the Bear. That is the one that we're reflecting on from February 10th of 2016. Because I think, in addition to putting out those stocks, I provide some general investing principles around each one of them. And I think those are really helpful. And whether we're looking backward to what has happened or thinking forward about general investing principles to drive our decision making, I think you might find it interesting. But before we get into that, um, a couple bookkeeping notes. First of all, uh, it is helpful from time to time to review where we've been. And I just want to do that briefly um, because part of making things stick, and I'm alluding to a book title, a book I'm reading right now. My friend Evan De Silva recommended me the book, Make It Stick. Maybe you've read the book. It's about how we learn and making sure that we are learning in the most effective ways. And One of the things we need to do is we need to go back over material from time to time and re-thread it into our thinking. So, let me just help make things stick a little bit for you with Rule Breaker Investing by mentioning that the last couple of weeks, we certainly had campfire stories and, before that, the mailbag. But before that, we did a few important podcasts, I think. We did a Great Stocks Don't Make You Think podcast, where I encourage you to think big picture and pick the stocks that really conform with where our age is and where we're headed, and not get too down in the nitty-gritty. So, Great Stocks Don't Make You Think. You all made many great stock selections, which I shared back on the mailbag. Before that, I did David's Biggest Losers Volume 2. I think it is good and helpful for us. both from the standpoint of just humility, but also learning to review what has really gone horribly wrong, what have been our worst investment mistakes. And it's always comforting to remind ourselves that even in the midst of 80% losers, which I presented on that podcast, it's helpful to know that the worst they can ever do is lose about 100%. I still have never quite done that with the stock pick. But the best you can do is many, many multiples of 100%. And that's the critical lesson I hope I always want anybody taking away from our losers. And then one other past podcast we did before that, we did Great Quotes, Volume 5. It is a pleasure for me to present uh, every few months some great quotations. Uh, and that one I got to fit in amid Proust, amid Chuck Yeager. This is a motley group if ever there was one. And Shakespeare, I got to include my own quote I try to find excellence buy excellence, and add to excellence over time. I sell mediocrity. That's how I invest. And I think you're going to see the search for excellence in the five stock picks we'll be reviewing today. And one other bookkeeping note, and actually this maybe rises above merely keeping books. Uh, this This is something I said on the podcast 
on October 21st of 2015. I want my friend and producer Rick Engdahl to replay that very shortly, and then I'm going to reflect on it with, I think, I hope one important point I hope to make stick for you uh, this week. Rick, if you could please play that clip. Again, October 21st, 2015. When I think of a couple examples of companies that are clearly evolving, I think about Tesla. Now, Tesla, a lot of us have heard of. Uh, it's Tesla Motors today. I wouldn't be surprised, though, as things continue to evolve if Tesla drops the word motors from its corporate name. Well, I think it was first pointed out to me by my friend David Kretzman, TMF Pencils here at The Motley Fool over on Twitter. Hey, David, did you notice Tesla just dropped the word motors from its name? It is just Tesla now. And that happened in the last week or so. And this all puts me in mind of one of my favorite lines about investing. This one comes from Kleiner Perkins the celebrated Silicon Valley venture capital firm. One of their watchwords at Kleiner is this line, we invest in order to predict the future. So I think a lot of people expect it to be the reverse. I think a lot of people think you have to predict the future, then you invest accordingly, and if you get it right, if you predict the future, your stock goes up, you make some money. And that is intuitive and natural, but what Kleiner does is it reverses that. We invest in order to predict the future. So I'd like to say I don't think I would ever have been capable of guessing, which is what it was really, guessing that Tesla would drop motors from its name unless I were an investor. Um, so I think when you put money on the line, when you become a part owner of a corporation or you build a portfolio, what do you become? You become an observer, a much more interested observer, and usually a much more able observer over time. So, what was probably running through my head in October of 2015 on this podcast when I said that is that rule breakers, disruptive companies, usually can morph over the course of time. I don't think at the time I knew that Solar City would end up becoming part of Tesla, but the idea that Elon Musk a visionary, if ever there were one, would continue to drive Tesla, the company that he founded, in order to keep broadening its mission and figure out how best to seek both profits and maximum impact for us as Earthlings. I think it's maybe not surprising then in that regard that eventually Tesla would become just Tesla and drop the motors. So I think you invest and I invest partly in order to predict the future. By no means, at the time that I said that, was that an official prediction, nor was I putting any money on the line other than being invested in Tesla, which we have been all the way through. But I hope the point is, is clear here as we now transition to five stocks to feed the bear. Thanks to Audible for supporting our podcast. Audible has an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original shows, news, comedy, and more. If you want to listen to it, Audible has it. Audible is offering a free audiobook with a 30-day free trial to Rule Breaker Investing listeners. That's right, just go to audible.com fool and browse their unmatched selection of audio content and start listening. It's that easy. In fact, I'll recommend, if you're looking for a good book to listen to, that you maybe consider doing what I did, which is, I went on to Amazon, bought Natural Born Heroes, Mastering the Lost Secrets of Strength and Endurance by Christopher McDougall, a book that I haven't yet started. But at the time, I decided, you know, that one would be a good one to listen to, maybe while I'm driving 
And, uh, and so I did. I just went ahead and paid up a little extra for the Audible version of the book. So now I can freely move between reading it or just listening to it. An extra benefit afforded all Audible customers. Get a free audiobook with a 30-day free trial. Again, that's audible.com slash fool. Thank you, Audible. Okay, let's strap ourselves into the Wayback Machine and go, well, not so far back. Just one year ago, it was the week of February 15th, and I was doing the Five Stocks to Feed the Bear Market podcast. And at the time, I was saying, wow, we're six months into a bear market. Now, that was an unusual thing maybe to be saying at the time, and I reflect back on it with a half smile as I think back, because at the time, people weren't really saying it was a bear market. Um, I think a lot of people kept thinking that the bear market would hit in fall of 2016. That's the way the conventional wisdom was, was talking, as you may recall. But at the time, going back really to August 15th of 2015, that six-month run or so into February of last year, the stock market, at least my portfolio, had declined 25%. That's a really bad six months. And companies like Apple, Amazon, and Disney, in fact, all three of those literally had lost 20% or more of their value in the previous three months. So, it wasn't a very happy time to be invested. I remember not feeling great about recent results or where the market was, but that's why we decided let's pick stocks right in the teeth of that so-called bear market. And that's what we did. And so, the five stocks I'll be reviewing were driven by two particular traits. Two traits defined me selecting these stocks. And in fact, the traits I'm going to share with you now, I think, are arguably more important than the actual stocks or their results. The first trait is we were looking for low-risk stocks. So, low-risk stocks, for me, means using our risk rating point scale, which is a framework that I've developed and shared with you in March of last year. If you want to hear three podcasts, a series assessing risk and learning about our risk rating 25-point system, I hope you'll go back and listen. I was specifically looking for lower-risk stocks rated at 5 or 6. So, again, if you know our 25-point system, you know that 5 and 6, those are low-risk stocks. That was trait number one. Trait number two, we were looking for smaller companies. And my thinking at the time, as I shared with you in that podcast, was small companies usually get beaten up pretty badly in market sell-offs. They're usually higher beta stocks. That means they are more volatile than the average stock market. When the stock market drops, these stocks usually drop more. But when the stock market inevitably rises, as it always has and did again, these stocks, I said, sometimes bounce back stronger. Now, at the same time, we're never playing bounce backs. I'm not doing five stocks to bounce back this month or this quarter on the Rule Breaker Investing podcast. I was looking three plus years ahead, but with the possibility that these stocks would snap back stronger and harder as a consequence of being smaller companies. So, smaller in this context was defined as companies with market capitalizations between $1 and $5 billion. So, they're the traits. They're the traits, risk ratings of five or six, and market caps of one to five billion. The other companies I mentioned earlier that had also lost 20% plus of their value, Apple, Amazon, and Disney, those are 12-figure companies. Those are $100 billion plus market caps. Um, so, I'm going to just flag this, trying to make it stick here for you this week. Flag this as maybe an exercise you could do, or maybe I'll do in future, when we have 
another market sell-off, as inevitably we will again. This is not a bad couple of traits to make for your opportunistic buy list. So, with that said, here are the five. I want to present them to you pretty briefly. I don't want to go too long on this this week, but I'm going to mention to you the company, how it's done since, and a reflection about that. And this is the order in which they were presented. And first one up was Carter's. And Carter's at the time was trading at about $84 a share. Today, it is trading at $80 a share. Carter's is down about 5%. The S&P 500 over the last year since we did that podcast a year ago is up 25%. So, Carter's is doing even a little bit worse than I already thought, because it's down 5% during a time when the market's up 25 So. The alpha there, the difference between those two numbers is 30. So, minus 30, we can put down for our first pick, Carter's. You know, Carter's is one of those retail concepts, and bricks and mortar hasn't fared too well in the last year. It's a more complicated business to run. They do international, they do national, they do with their baby clothes wholesale and retail. They are online, they are brick and mortar as well. They have two different brands. So, Carter's has not performed that well. The general investment principle I said at the time is that I like companies that have built up brand names and businesses measured in decades. I still feel just the same about Carter's today. So, of course, playing this three year game I am with these five stocks, I continue to hold out hope that Carter's will come back and beat the market, but it's not been a good last year for Carter's. That's stock number one. Stock number two, IPG Photonics. First picked this one in Motley Fool Rule Breakers in April 2007. But more importantly, I picked it at about $80 a share a year ago today. In the meantime, IPG Photonics has traded up to $113 a share. So it's been a solid performer. It's up 45% again, with the market up 25%. So we're up 15 percentage points with IPG Photonics. And just to keep a running score here, that was minus 30 for Carter's, plus 15 for IPG. So we're minus 15 with three more stocks to go. You know, IPG Photonics is a very disruptive company. It is a lasers company. It has a better form of laser, the fiber laser, cheaper and better performing than traditional lasers. Brilliantly managed by the CEO, Valentin Kaponsev, who, as a Russian immigrant, founded this company more than 25 years ago and has created tremendous value ever since. While I have lots of questions about Russian leadership politically these days. I have no questions about some great Russian leaders in business. And Valentin Kaponsev, if you don't know that name, an American today, is a tremendous example of that. To look back over the last year for this stock, it was really solid results reported with its October earnings report that sent this stock up significantly. Most of the gains, those 40% gains, came just since then, and largely based on the company outperforming Wall Street expectations. At the time, Wall Street was looking for $244 million of sales for that third quarter calendar. And instead, this company came in at $266 million, more than $20 million ahead of Wall Street estimates. And uh, that continued to build a great case for being a long-term investor in IPG Photonics. The stock originally picked in Rule Breakers by my friend Carl Thiel. Uh, it's actually interesting to note the general investment principle that for this one was that when you find a good performer and the stock sells off, it's okay to buy more when you're down. And that's been an interesting thing. Certainly, I've talked a lot about adding to your winners, which we do, but occasionally we break that rule. And we did in March of 2008 when the stock, which we'd originally picked at 20 and a half in April 2007, 
about a year later had dropped below 14. And so that is now an eight bagger for us in Motley Fool Rule Breakers. The original pick, just a five bagger we bought when it was down. But the general investing principle is when you find a stellar performer, a market leader, and a disruptor, if it has a good balance sheet and good leadership, it's okay to allow the market to put that stock on sale and add back to it. So that's IPG Photonics, stock number two. Stock number three is Ellie May. Ellie May today is a leader with its Encompass platform, enabling mortgage originations, the the mortgage that you get, uh, the providers of it, and all of the business around that. Ellie Mae has really moved into the cloud with its Encompass platform. It is a company that is very quiet. It's one of the smaller companies among this list of five, uh, but it's been a tremendous performer for us all the way through, including the last year. I picked it at 62 a year ago this week. Ellie Mae just stepped on the scales yesterday as I did my numbers at 88, so the stock is up 42%. Again, that's against the S&P 500 of 25%, so that's plus 17 which brings us back into the black overall. Minus 30, plus 15, plus 17. We're now plus two. What I said at the time is that Ellie Mae is a subscription business, and that's the general investing principle I want to just quickly play up. I really like companies that have subscribers. It makes it a lot easier to replace your revenue from one year to the next when people resubscribe from one year to the next, whether you're Netflix or Ellie Mae. Uh, growth becomes a little easier because you're already getting a lot of people re-upping their subscriptions if they're happy with your service. I include The Motley Fool as an example of this. We're certainly a subscription business, too. I know these businesses well. They're cash-up-front businesses. They often confuse Wall Street because they look like they're not making money. Uh, but, in fact, they have the strongest, I think, stablest model. And Ellie Mae has practiced that and demonstrated that over its years as a public company. Stock number four. Stock number four, you might remember the phrase, no lunks. That's what Planet Fitness uses as its kind of marketing and really, I guess, brand identity. A company that is based on providing friendly, cheap, well-lit places where you can just go in and run on a treadmill for a while. I remember one thing that I was talking about a year ago in that podcast, the initiation fee to start up, and maybe you did. It is, after all, not that far after New Year's and our resolutions. Maybe you decide to take out a local gym membership. Well, the initiation fee at Planet Fitness is just $10. Test that against most of the gyms you'll find in your area if you're in an urban area, especially those higher-end gyms. So, in addition to that $10 initiation fee, at the time anyway, you also got a free t-shirt from Planet Fitness. This is a a friendly company, a strong brand. It was a recent pick for us at the time I made this pick on this podcast. We picked it only a few months before in Motley Fool Rule Breakers. It had already been a good performer. Well, that continued. The stock was $13 a share a year ago today. It's now up to 22 So, if you were listening with me, if you were with me in that podcast and you thought, you know, it's been an ugly bear market, but maybe Dave's right. Maybe Maybe we should go in on this stock or these stocks. Planet Fitness up 65%, the stock market up 25%, plus 40 in the win column for us, taking us to plus 42 overall. But hey, who's keeping score? This is a company that I continue to favor. I like it a lot as a business that continues to democratize its subject. And that's a general investing principle. Often finding the companies that are selling products and services that make things cheaper and that can potentially hit a broad market. I would include Netflix again as an example of that. 
Um, but Planet Fitness is one of those companies. And while it's one that we're still getting to know, we've not held the stock very long. And Rule Breaker is only a year and a half. It's been a pretty sweet year and a half. And again, if you're a Rule Breaker Investing Podcast listener, you might have bought shares a year ago this week. In that case, bully for you. And the fifth and final stock that I presented a year ago as a stock to feed the bear was Mercado Libre. Mercado Libre at the time was at $89 a share. I'm very happy to report. Maybe you invested in this one too, so you already know. I'm happy to report that Mercado Libre has gone from 89 a year ago to 192 this week. So the stock is up 115%. It's a clean double over the last year. Uh, against the markets, 25%. That is a plus 90 in the win column. Let me just tot all that up. We're plus 132 divided by 5 gives us 26 percentage points of average outperformance for this list of five stocks just over this one-year period. You know, At the time, Mercado Libre had sold off pretty dramatically. It was about 50% off its 52-week high. And what I said about it then, I say to you again now, this is an excellent company. It's very well run. It is in beautiful position to continue to be the long-term leader in Latin America for e-commerce, whether we're talking about auctions like eBay, whether we're talking about direct buys like Amazon, whether we're talking about Mercado Pago, which is its PayPal-like pay system, or Mercado Envios, where it also helps with shipping fulfillment. This is a company led by a visionary founder who owns quite a bit of the stock, and this is a tremendous example of everything I'm looking for in Motley Fool Rule Breakers. It is my pleasure, then, to reflect back a year later on these stocks and say, we were looking for low-risk companies, and we were saying, in the face of this market, which has sold off my entire portfolio by a quarter in just the previous few months, maybe these kinds of stocks would be good ones to own for the long term. I caution us all to remember, this is just one year's worth of results. When I picked this list a year ago, I said, this is for three-plus years going forward. I feel really good about where we are positioned, as these companies maybe continue to expand, and we start to compound these returns a little bit. And I think it's worth noting that at least one of them has been a loser. We do lose from time to time. In fact, four out of the five are beating the stock market, which is above my usual hit rate. So, we'll see if we can keep that one going. So, there you have it. That's what I have for you this week on Rule Breaker Investing. But let me get things fired up for next week, because next week, I'm going to be bringing back a new five-stock pick list. It's going to be five companies our world really needs right now. Maybe in advance of that, if you have an idea or two for me, feel free to tweet it out at RBI Podcast on Twitter, of course, or RBI at Fool.com by email. And you can check out past episodes of Rule Breakers and all of the Motley Fool's podcasts at our podcast center. That's podcasts.fool.com. While you're there, you can check out our flagship service. I hope you'll join us over at Motley Fool Stock Advisor. Now, a new issue of Stock Advisor comes out the third Friday of the month with two new stock recommendations from me and my brother, Tom Gardner. You can check it out by going to the Podcast Center and scroll to the bottom of the page. That's podcasts.fool.com. Let me mention in closing that if you haven't already, I hope you'll subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Spotify. Finally, I hope you'll give us a review. Throw me some stars. Let us know how we're doing. In the meantime, thanks for listening and full on. As always, people on this program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. Learn more about Rule Breaker Investing at rbi.fool.com.